Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. Okay, this is going to be the last episode of 2023. I may have mentioned this, but I am losing my mind because I am a mom and it's December and I'm already turning into the Grinch. I'm just going crazy with Christmas stuff and holiday stuff between uh, shopping for the kids and for the husband and for the relatives. And why is it that moms bear the load of the holiday? Um, That's just a different discussion, a different topic. But anyway, uh, yes, last episode of 2023, I may have mentioned, but I am losing my mind, of course. But I will be making some changes to the podcast in 2024. So if you've been with me since the inception, you'll remember that this podcast was actually called Red Carpet Rendezvous in 2019. And then in 2021, I changed it to Lauren Interviews. And I think it's time. It's it's 2024 just about. So I'm going to make some changes and I think you're going to like them. So stay tuned. And you know, thank you for listening. Thank you so very much for sticking with me the last, oh my goodness, X many years. Okay, so let's get to today's guest, today's subject, Nicole Noonan. She's an Oscar-nominated director. She's incredible. She is so very smart. She directed the Oscar-winning film Crip Camp, which is streaming on Netflix and Hulu, I believe. And if you haven't seen that, you really should. It's so touching. And it just shows you how truly thoughtful Nicole's work is. But what we're discussing today is her new film, which is called The Disappearance of Cher Height. That is playing in theaters everywhere right now, and it will be streaming in January. And if you want to go to the episode notes, I'll have the IFC link so you can follow that and see when you can watch it because this film is very, very interesting. So it is about a woman, a researcher, a feminist named Cher Height. Cher Height passed away in 2020, but she was an incredibly influential woman. And I was a little embarrassed that I had not heard of her. And once I got to really see what she was about, I saw why she was so influential, but also why she was so controversial. So she was a a person that studied sex and researched sex, but she started in the 70s when it was a little bit taboo. But she mainly focused on the female orgasm. And I mean, I'm turning red as I say this, so it's just really funny talking to Nicole about this. I found myself giggling, like just so immature. And I'm like, Lauren, what are you doing? And and she presented this film at Sundance and she actually talks about how people in the audience were, were giggling when she said certain things. So I found that to be really interesting. But Cher Height 
was very much respected by people, but also hated by people as well, because a lot of men felt threatened by her, if you will. So at one point, she just decided to up and leave because she couldn't take it anymore. So she moved out of the country. She moved to London. She just was like, you know what? I'm done. I mean, she was getting death threats at her apartment. It was it was totally crazy. And one thing I want to point out and, and what she's very famous for is this book that she wrote called The Height Report. And it's interesting because The Height Report is one of the top sold books to this day. And I had no idea. If you watched that show uh, on Showtime, it was called Masters of Sex, which was about Masters and Johnson and their sex studies. She actually built off of that with her sex studies, but she went even further and she, she disagreed with a lot of what they had to say. But anyway, I'll stop talking. Uh, and here is my interview with Nicole Noonan. You're going to love her just as much as I did. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain, but it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here talking with you. Yeah. I mean, I every time I see a documentary or, or, or something new like this, I feel really dumb because I had never heard of her. I, really, I do. I'm going to be totally honest. I She seemed so truly amazing and I had never heard of her and I was horrified at that. I mean, you're not alone, you know, hence the title. Um, the film is sort of about her erasure from our culture. And I think that's one of the things that's happening to people emotionally when they're responding to the film, right? Is that sense mm -hmm. of almost kind of like, you know, anger and and grief at like what has been taken from us when we lose a story like that. But then also hopefully like the joy and excitement of the rediscovery of of, of an icon like, like Cher Height was. Yes, I totally agree. I'm glad to hear that because I was going to ask you, are you finding that people are like, wow, I did not know who she was. And I mean, I think, I think it was mentioned that her book is one of the, um, what was it? Like she was in the top 30 of, of yeah. Books ever sold or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, a Newsweek article said it was the 30th bestselling book of all time. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. And people like me have never heard of her. Um, a yeah. lot of things I was, I was thinking about, uh, if she was alive today, and I know that she only passed away a few years ago, um, if she was alive today, I think she'd be severely disappointed in um, in our society. And I think what I'm alluding to is the Roe v. Wade stuff, 
mainly. I think that she would have been uh, a huge advocate and spokesperson around this. And do you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's actually like so painful to even think about, honestly, especially like on a day like today when you wake up and, you know, read the news and it and it feels so, so much like women's bodies are, you know, a, a battleground um, and and the control over them is 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 being sought at such a fierce and high level, you know, by the forces that you sort of see mobilizing during the film in, yeah. you know, in the 1980s against Cher and against, you know, the gains that the women's movement had made. So when Cher Heights started the Height Report, where she sent out, you know, these, you know, 3,000 surveys, um, well, she sent out a lot more than that, but she got back 3,000 surveys from anonymous women talking all about their sex lives. That project started in 71, and that was pre-Roe v. Wade. So she was... Mm hearing like the sort of um, pain and, and discontent, but also joys and secrets of all of these women who were living in a time that then, you know, by the mid 70s, when her book came out, felt like it was sort of the distant barbaric past. And now we're being kind of drugged back into it again, you know, so the, to the extent that the film is sort of about these cycles of like, yeah, progress towards women's rights and then a backlash against it. And then the resurfacing um, of, of information kind of, you know, that's been suppressed and that sort of cycle repeating itself. I think the big question we're sort of asking with the film among others is like, does that have to keep going on? I mean, do we have to keep suffering this Um, or is there some, is there some way to break out of it? And I find personally like inspiration and, in all of the amazing creative work that Cher did and that the movement did, um, you know, to to make the breakthroughs that they did in the first place. And so I think we're trying to gift back some um, energy and positivity and inspiration through her story as much as we are kind of like pointing out the devastating nature of this endlessly repeating cycle of of su- suppression of, of our push towards equality, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it's amazing uh, what she did in, in the seventies, eighties, nineties and beyond. And I find myself, um, I'm not a shy person. I'm, I promise you, I'm not, you can ask anybody, Um, but I do still feel shy. And I feel like I'm getting red, even talking about this. I feel shy talking about um, just women's sexuality in general and asking for what we want and and when we want it and so i mean this film is like i would just recommend it to all of the shy women and girls out there who are like hmm you know you know what i mean <laughs> it's almost like you got to see this i totally do i mean we had that experience working on the film we had women and some amazing men but like from all different generations working on the project you know and even in our edit room we went from like early thirties to late seventies. Um, and we were all experiencing like going through a process, even just like engaging around this material day after day and having to have conversations where we used words like clitoris, which a lot of people frankly have never said, you know, yeah. I'm not totally sure how to pronounce it and how see, can I you- laughed when you said it, sorry. Yeah, it's like, one, it's know, like an I, know. I know, but that's a thing. Right. And so here she is in the 1970s yeah. going on the nightly news and talking about clitoral stimulation. And we still blush talking about it. And I've had to like, you know, like uh, yeah. be on panels at Sundance where the entire audience bursts into laughter when I start talking about it. So stop. I, I, no, I'm totally serious. So I think it's um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of how much we've regressed. On the other hand, mm -hmm. a lot of things that Cher Height was discussing around like, you know, gender as a social construct and sex as it's been defined as a social construct, those are concepts that really have seeped into our culture and like a younger generation is really embracing. And I think there's yeah. ways you can say that we are definitely living in a post share height world and she's made a huge amount of impact. But, um, but sadly, like some of this stuff really has been pushed back underground. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, when you see how high the stakes are, I think yeah. I, I, I feel an urgency about, about bringing that conversation back. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I actually can't believe people laughed like, like out loud. <laughs> that's, that's kind of weird. I mean, I don't think I would have the balls to sit there in an audience um, at a panel and, and laugh at, at that stuff. Or maybe it's just people's way of being uncomfortable, but. It was, you know, what actually happened is that a woman went like this <gasps> when I said <sighs> it and then that made the whole audience laugh. You know? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. Was she just curious? Just like, is she older, younger? Like, probably she was younger. She was younger. She was oh. probably yeah. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. Um, uh -huh. you know, I I wanted to to ask you just about share her her whole disappearance and how she just. I just want to hear um uh, you talk about that that and how uh how she just was like over it. She's just like, you know what? I just I cannot handle this anymore. I can't take it anymore. And, um, she just up and left. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we really felt, and we tried to convey in the film that you can see in the footage, how, um, how she's having to kind of like disappear into herself almost as, you know, as well as like disappearing from the U S and renouncing her citizenship, which she ultimately decides to do. I think it's because she couldn't even be herself here. You know, she was getting death threats on her answering machine. People were like exposing her address on the news. Um, it was just like a constant barrage of hate. And her reputation had really been, she had been turned into this kind of caricature of a man-hating insane person, you know? Yeah. Um, so who who can actually live like that? And I ended ended up feeling like it was another example of her kind of almost like punk rock radicalness that she mm -hmm. chose a different path for herself. You know, she yeah. she chose to move to Europe. She chose to renounce her citizenship and make a statement in that way. And she chose to become part of kind of a you know, um, a, a, she developed sort of a chosen family of of artists and writers and and people that she could collaborate with and and um, and share ideas with and um, and and found an, a new expression for what kind of her artistic practice through through this photography project that she did with the German photographer Iris Brosh, which we show in the film and and so I think it's like an example of like you know how someone how someone like that can get silenced. Mm. We see how it happens and that still is happening in our culture. But it's also, I think, um, you know, puts in relief how people's um, individual happiness can flourish in a less repressive and oppressive environment and how core our sexual experiences and identities are to um, to our capacity to be fully who we are, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and how how damaging it is when when people are are judged or threatened or, um, you know, uh, oppressed for trying to express them. Yeah. And it makes me really sad because as, as amazing as she was and, and everything that she was doing is so important. Um, I don't know if, if 
that should necessarily define you to people because there are people are full of layers, you know, they're full of, and, and it's like, she only got to, um, and I don't know if I'm, I'm going to convey this properly, but like, obviously the reason that she was highlighted on television was for the height report and then highlighted in, in, in society and culture. It, it was for this, but there is a lot more to her, right? You're a lot more um, of a person than just one, one aspect. And so that, that does make me sad that nobody uh, would take the time to just go beyond that. And even just in, in interviews with her, just, they wouldn't really go beyond that. And I think that um, that would have been really cool if somebody could have done that, you know, and maybe I missed it if they did somewhere, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's tough to box somebody in like that completely, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I think what she was allowing other women to do through her work was to mm. talk about the complexity of their experiences and 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 the layers of them outside of labels or judgment, right? Like she wasn't right. saying like, here's, you know, what gay women feel. She was saying like, here's what women feel. And some of them you know, want to have sex with other women and some of them don't. And some of them, you know, mm. just like she was just... Yeah. Basically asking people, what is your experience of living and and trying to be like a sexual person in this in this culture? And yeah. and those truths were what was really threatening. And she was the messenger, you know, she yeah. was the messenger for thousands of women and eventually men, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think men who had a stake in not opening up those conversations and, and not seeing change happen, um, found that really threatening. So then there were lots of ways to kind of caricature her and attack her and, and bring her down, you know, but, yeah. um, but I, I, you know, when we were constructing the film, we really wanted to surface those resurface those voices too. It's not just about, you know, um, share height in her story. It's really the story of, you know, um, how suppressed really, um, women's experiences of their own lives are in mainstream culture, not just around sex, but around, um, you know, all of their feelings about, I mean, basically living in a patriarchy, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and you know, I, I took a women's studies class in college and I'm, I'm really surprised that this wasn't a part of it. And I, I guess just thinking back, is, is it inappropriate to discuss this in college? Like, I don't even know what, I mean, I graduated from college in 07, so I'm not sure if, you know, I'm sure it's different now, but you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's kind of weird that this wasn't a part of a women's studies class. Yeah, it kind of is. But again, it's kind of, you know, I think one of the ways that Sherheit was attacked was because her work was also asking people about their feelings, you know, and mm. she was always saying like, you know, feelings and love are like a huge thing for women. They're a yeah. huge thing of like how how we and not just women, but especially for women, like how we how we navigate our lives and what we care about. Um, yeah. And as such, they are very they are very trivialized in mm. in kind of our mainstream culture and and media. And um, and she was always saying like that's that's not trivial. That's actually like the stuff of people's lives, you know. So yeah. I think I think that that definitely like um, applies to academia as well, right? Like yeah. if she's considered like a a hardcore scientist, or these things themselves are seen as sort of like soft or 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 um, 
pop culture or something like that, then she's, yeah. you know, I think that's one reason why she's kind of been filtered out of, um, of women's studies, but also, you know, I mean, I think her reputation was, I mean, a woman told me at a screening in New York that she had written, you know, an incredibly like highly esteemed book about love. And she had put multiple references to Cher's work in her book and her editor told her she had to take the, take it out. So the book would be taken seriously, you know? So oh, wow. the, the damage that was done to the legacy of the work was really pretty extraordinary. And and I think that's also why, you know, you didn't have her taught in your women's studies class. That's really interesting. I, I did not think of that. Oh my gosh. Um, well, Nicole, just a little bit about you. I loved Crip Camp. I thought that was so inspiring and just, ah, I just, I loved it. I watched it with my husband and, um, I, I think that your projects are so amazing and so thoughtful. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to hear about what you have coming up next, if you can share that at all, only because what you've done thus far is just so wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm not sure yeah. if I should talk about a future project. You I'm really excited about, um, about, both of the projects that I'm cooking up and, uh, and one is set in the 1600s and, and, and one is set in, you know, kind of 1960s through today. And uh, both of them are about, about, um, iconic women and, uh, and women who have been, you know, misunderstood in, in our society and throughout, throughout history. So, um, so that, that's been, you know, like, um, it was really exciting to explore themes like that and share height. And I'm really excited to continue to do that. So, yes. Okay. You don't have to say anything else, but that makes me super excited. Um, okay. <laughs> so the disappearance of share height is now in theaters. Am I, am I right in promoting that it's in theaters? It is. It's in theaters um, across the country. And if you go to sharehightdoc.com, um, IFC films who's releasing the film has a website where you can kind of, you know, type in your location and find, uh, showtimes near you, but it literally is okay. like over the country, which is very exciting. And then yes. it'll be streaming in, um, the beginning of the year. Yes. Okay. The beginning of the year. So, um, well, gosh, that's in a month. Um, I will put all of that in the episode notes where people can watch because it, it really is. It's really eye opening and it's super interesting. And especially for people like me who were like, Hey, she's really smart. She makes a lot of good points. I'm blushing, but I really want to hear this. So, um, you know, well, thank you so much, Nicole. You've just been uh, lovely. And I just wish you the best of luck with everything. Oh, thanks. Thanks for doing this. It was great to meet you. Okay. That was Nicole Noonan talking about her new film, The Disappearance of Cher Height. Like I said, head to the episode notes to see where you can see it, where you can stream it. And I'll be back in a few weeks. I want to thank everyone for listening. And if you want some updates, you can follow me on social media. My Instagram is Lauren Emily Conlon and my Twitter is at Conlon underscore Lauren. Okay. I'll see everybody soon. 